Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast, thank you so much for being here. Our Boca Podcast listeners, I should say. And I want to say good morning because we're actually here. Uh, it's 10 o'clock in the morning where I'm at and actually where my new friend Miriam is at as well. Thank you so much, Miriam, for being with the Boca Podcast today. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you for inviting me. It's really exciting. Yeah, you know, it's great to have you. And I should mention your last name, Salgado. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> yeah. to share with the, the Boca Podcast community. And we haven't, I don't think we've actually had the opportunity to meet in person before. So we're, we're kind of getting to know each other during this conversation, along with our listeners, which I, I really love kind of the raw element of that. We were talking about that before we started recording. So I'm excited to dive in. And, and what we normally do at the beginning of the podcast these days is something called a technique for time or tool for time. I'm curious for you as a business owner, what is something that you do to create more space or more freedom or flexibility for yourself in your life as a photography business owner? Well, let me tell you something. At the beginning of my business, I was like a mess. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't can relate. Have time. Yeah, I didn't have time for anything. I mean, I was doing so many things and booking so many, you know, portraits, weddings, and the kids, the house. But at some point, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing yeah. here? So it was really hard. But then I realized that I really need a calendar. I really need to keep like an agenda and to book, you know, to book my days for me. It's kind of crazy, but I just block the days that I really want to be with my family or that I really need to go to do something for me, exercise, meet my friends, whatever it is, because life is crazy. I mean, and when you're an entrepreneur, you are busy the whole day seven I mean the seven days of the week yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you set up like or block your days it's crazy you you just find out like oh my gosh this is exhausting <laughs> this is like I have to work all days and I have to work so many hours so I was at one point that I said no no more I have to keep an agenda I have to put in my calendar in my iPhone I don't care so I have to block my days maybe it's crazy and maybe the people's gonna think like oh, yeah sure <laughs> but no, yeah I, I mean <laughs> yeah I, I, I like that though I, I think you know this is it's funny I was just talking with my friend Mike Cologne for the podcast yesterday and he was talking about something similar just you know I said what which what is the tool or the technique the tip that that you utilize to create space and and he was talking very simply about iCal. So that, that calendar app on your phone, what, I mean, it, that's of course for an iPhone, if you're on Android, it's going to be the calendar app, but um, just sim using something simple like the calendar and actually utilizing it where you're very intentional, you block off uh, chunks of time, whether it's for work or for personal time or for your family, just that simple intentional effort is really, really important. Otherwise, like you say, it, it's it's easy to get carried away with work seven days a week yeah. <laughs> if you don't do that. You know, the other thing that came to mind as you were talking about this that I think is important to point out, and I don't think we've really talked about this on the podcast before, but that is that it's easy as business owners to think that if we're not constantly available to our business, that something's going to go wrong. Yes. And 
and the reality and that may happen occasionally, but I think that's actually more rare than than we're willing to admit. I mean, I, I'm I'm an <laughs> owner of a company that works has had the opportunity to work with thousands of photographers, and you know it's easy for me to think in order for me to continue to grow photographers edit, I need to be constantly on, I need to be constantly connected, sure. and and the reality is I can step away for a couple of days, two or three days, and everything really is going to be okay. What what yes. we what we kind of create in our head as an emergency is not really an emergency, and um, and then we can just get back to it when we get back to it. So I, I love that you're I, I love the simplicity and the intentionality of just simply blocking time out, especially for your family. We're going to talk about family here in just a second, but I, I think that's a wonderful reminder for our listeners. It's something that we've discussed here in the podcast before, but it, we really can't say it enough. You just have to be intentional. You just got to create that space. And that's that's really yeah. good recommendation yes. for our listeners. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> yes. so much. How do you like to spend your free time? I know you did mention family. How do you like to spend time with family? And maybe what's something that you like to do on your own? Yeah. You know, we live here in Tampa since four years ago and we don't have like family around, you know, it's just us. So we love to go to the beach. Oh, <laughs> the yes. The beach here is like, I mean, my kids love the beach or the swimming pool or everything that it's outdoors. Even just to go and ride bikes, do a picnic, they enjoy that. And me too, you know, I love here. The weather is amazing. You have a beautiful weather here. And there's a lot of activities also here for the kids and family. I'm surprised. I mean, this is a really, really nice city here in Tampa. Always you have something to do. Always. So we try to keep, you know, like, uh, okay, so this weekend we are free and we search like what kind of festivals or things yeah. are happening in our city and yeah. we go and do that. <laughs> that's, that's really wonderful. And, you know, there's something about being outside in the sun too that, that we, I don't think we, we take advantage of that enough, especially if you're in a place that doesn't have as much sun. And even in the last, well, few months or so, I live in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area and myself and my kids have been inside quite a bit due to, to rain, unusual amount of rain, it seems like this year. So being able to get outside and, and really soak in that sun, I, I have kind of a maybe not so secret dream of, of moving to a place that has a lot more sun in the, in the hopefully even near future, just because I know how it affects me physically and my, my mood is lifted being outside and especially man near, near the, the water, near the ocean is incredible. So that, that's really great. Now you talked about your kids. How many kids do you have? I have two kids. Leo is seven and Regina is three. Okay. And how long have you been married? So we have been married nine years now. Wow, but, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> but we have really been around a lot of different cities. Now that you mentioned about the rainy and everything like that, yeah. we used to live in London before here. Oh, wow. Speaking so, of rain, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I was like done with the rain and the cold weather and yeah. snow. So it was so hard, you know, when you have kids, it's hard to be inside indoors all the time. Like yeah. winters were awful. Winters were like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? We have to stay here because it's snowing for three, four days, and it's awful. It's like when we moved here, we were like super, super glad and happy. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, really. <laughs> I, I always think about the. Um, I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, still a kid. 
uh, and, and mentally anyway. <laughs> but I, I think about that that um, example of you know Superman. Of course, Superman in the comics would get energy from the sun, right? And and mm-hmm. as much as we kind of we've we've created this supernatural hero out of this character, the reality is that we actually get energy from the sun. And and if we have very little of it, it's no wonder, it's no surprise that it affects our mood. And you know, people always talk about kind of stereotypically that the, the uh, those people that live in California, they're so laid back, they're so chill, and they're <laughs> they're so happy. But I, I have I I think my my theory has been that it's because they get so much sun that it just naturally makes them that way. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit envious of you. Definitely continue <laughs> to take advantage of those beaches. Um, let's, let's kind of switch gears though a little bit and talk about your, your business. How long have you been a photographer? And tell us a little bit about how you got started. Well, this is the story. When I was living in London, actually, that I was stuck at a house with a kid and I have been always like independent, you know, I always worked since probably I was 17 and my parents have a business in Mexico too. So we were entrepreneurs for always. And I was like getting sad, you know, like I was telling my husband, I need to do something. I need to work or something. But in London, it was so expensive also to get a daycare for the baby and yeah. work. And so we talk about it and we were started. We, we have been married probably like two, three years. And, you know, at the beginning it's hard and you are in different country that is not yours. So my husband told me, you know what? You should do something like photography. You are amazing. You are really good. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's so always it's me- always wonderful to get those kind of surprise <laughs> compliments from your significant other. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So he was like the one who discovered like discovered my purpose in life. And I told him, Do you think I could be a photographer? And he told me, like, oh yes. I mean, you do amazing pictures just with an iPhone. And I don't know what you will be able to do with a camera in your hands. I mean, I had a digital camera, but, you know, the edition and the things like that, that I used to do that with my iPhone was amazing. And my friends, I talked with my friends and neighbors, and they told me, oh, yes, you should do that. And <laughs> personality that you're always talking with people and making me smile people. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my husband just got me a camera and got me like a course in London so I can learn, you know, the techniques because you can have the idea of taking a picture mm. and then you realize that, okay, this is like not the way I was doing Right. It. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I mean, to, to learn, you know, the camera settings and about the lighting and everything in between. And also that helps me a lot to grow my business because I have a, like a background of marketing I study marketing in Mexico and I have my parents also that they are entrepreneurs. So I always like have this uh, business feeling in my blood. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I was going to ask you about that too. I mean, would you say, what, what would you say is the biggest takeaway from being the, the daughter of business owners? I mean, you, you seem to have kind of this natural inclination to work, to be doing something. Was, was that it? Is there something else? What was the kind of the biggest uh, benefit of being able to learn from parents who are entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know, yeah, you learn. I mean, I saw them. They have different business during my life. Okay. <laughs> so I saw them like starting. I saw them how they they did the work. You know, they put together 
a team, they grow the business, they were so focused in many things and how to do the experience and the service for the people different. So they have a spas and a school of messages. So they don't have like a product that you can touch like, uh, like my service, you know, sure. it's, it provides a service. So yes, that helped me a lot because I have, I think I have this in my blood. I have been always been like this sell person yeah i always can sell something to you <laughs> <laughs> my husband is like yeah you can sell an idea you can sell a product so i had i think i grow this and with the time you get like better and it's like something normally that you just talk about and you like is a way that i really love to live my life i like the way that is the entrepreneur and entrepreneurship and all the business crazy things but i love it <laughs> yeah well, so how long really ago like then did this whole process start if, if you i mean your husband's encouraging you to get started your friends say yeah you can do this so how long ago did this whole process start for you so i started seven years ago okay I started seven years ago and I started doing everything for free, let me tell you. <laughs> I was like, I shoot your kids for free. Yeah. here. I need to practice. I need Absolutely. to get <laughs> And then we spent um, less than a year in Lisbon, we're closer to Lisbon. And then I started there to charge. And it was really hard because my Portuguese was more like Portuñol, you know, <laughs> Spanish words with Portuguese words. Yeah, yeah. It was really funny. But yeah, I started to charge and the people were like amazed, like, oh, yes, this is awesome. And also something happened to me there because when I just started, the people was more used to the, the, the pictures or the sessions on a studio. They okay. didn't want to go out. So I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, here the beach is amazing. Oh, and you yeah. have rocks and these locations around. So the people were afraid of that. But when they started seeing the results, everything changed. Oh, wow. So it's amazing. Yeah, it was really good. There's, there's such a wonderful opportunity to create a distinct um, kind of idea that represents your, I mean, we talk about brand position here on, on the podcast all the time. I, I know that I had an opportunity to create something distinct as a photography business owner myself and my business partner uh, when we when we started our business in Chattanooga and in Tennessee we're in a small southern market and so when we first got started there was this very traditional style of definitely portrait photography as well as wedding photography very mm -hmm. very posed and and frankly kind of boring to look at and we came <laughs> yeah. in and started photographing a lot of black and white and kind of a more photojournalistic style, uh, which back then was still relatively new. It was coming out of the California market, and we were we were taking it to this little tiny market of Chattanooga. But we had a really <laughs> great opportunity we to to do something different than those in the market. And I think that that idea can't be stressed enough. I love that you took advantage of that that new location and the fact that the market wasn't used to this particular style of photography and you just went for it. And now you had the opportunity to create a distinct brand position for yourself, offering a truly unique style of photography there in that market. I think we as photographers should learn from that. We should always look for an opportunity to do something different and, yes. um, and that will help set us apart. Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, 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 definitely. That, that helped me a lot because that was like the clue to 
opened the gates, you know, everyone was like, I was a starring, I was nowhere there. And they had this photographer for years, you know, that yeah. studio that has like 20 years there. And everyone knows this guy. And then I came like, okay, I'm going to shoot you a portrait session with your family, but I don't have a studio. So everyone was like, are you going to charge me for that? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, but you're going to love it. Yeah. So at the beginning, it was hard. But after the third session, I think the people started referred to me and they start talking about me that I was different yep. that I was fun I, I started with also props and walking around the, the streets and the city and the town it was a small town where we were but we were really close to the beach and the beaches there are amazing they have these huge rocks and mountains around like kind of California you know yeah and I was like this is great you know I was looking around um as you said in California you have a very good photographers so those photographers were like my inspiration mm. and I was really far away in Portugal so the people started like thinking different and also you know new generations start looking at me like oh yes she's great she has a better ideas and new and fresh ideas <laughs> <laughs> so I took advantage of that and That's I good. think that, that helped a lot of my business to grow faster <laughs> well and you know you you said something earlier that I think is that we should point out and that was just very simply you're gonna love it um, I mean, you said you're good at selling things, but I think a lot of that is just driven by a mentality, right? We may not always yeah. be 100% sure about this thing that we're getting ready to do or the service that we're getting ready to offer, but ultimately having confidence in our ability to be able to to offer a quality service or offer a quality product and ideally do something different, like like you described in this case, having that mindset of you're going to love it. Yeah, we you know there may be a few hiccups along the way, but you're going to love it. That makes all the difference in the world for the growth of that brand. And, and, uh, so I have to say kudos to you for that. That's, that's a really, really great approach, <laughs> a great mentality to have. What would you say now? I mean, we're seven years later. I know that wedding photography is, is largely your specialty, but what would you say is your photography business's brand position? What sets you apart from other wedding and portrait photographers? Well, I think my style is different. I, it's, I work with natural light and with artificial light. So also when I met with the clients, even just by phone, the service that I provide to them is like, as you say, I sell them the idea before they see the pictures. So that it's something that helps me a lot because when they go to my website and see all the images, I always tell them what you are going to see there it's the results and it's the thing that you're going to see with your pictures. So you can see my style and then you can see my personality by phone or by a meeting person. Yeah. And I think that it helps me. That helps me a lot because when you meet me or when you talk with me by the phone, because it's one thing that I try to do always is to talk with them. So if they ask me or send me an email that, what are your prices? It's the first thing that everyone asks for. <laughs> How much you charge for this? It's true. And if you answer them, like your, your prices sometimes are high for them or out of the budget. So I tried first to contact them, to talk with them so they can see how do I work, what I provide to them, the service. I have a second shooter, I have an assistant, and I provide this and that, and I help you with this and that in the process. And then when I feel that we made a connection, I tell them the prices. <laughs> so they can feel the value of yeah. the service that I'm going to provide. And what, what percentage of the clients do you meet in person versus, say, on the phone or virtually first? How, how does that break up? 
So <clears throat> if they live here in Tampa, I always ask them for a coffee or for a meeting okay. or a weekend at uh, some place. But if they live like in another city or another country, I normally do like a FaceTime or a phone call. The first, uh, I mean, the first day they, they contact me or they send me a message in, by email or a direct message by social media, whatever it is, I try in 24 hours to contact them as okay. soon as I can. Yeah. So they don't lose that, you know, that enthusiasm like, oh, yes, I love your pictures. And then you don't call them until the next week. <laughs> they forgot like, oh, who, who are you? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And it's so important to stay on top of it. And you mentioned somebody in another country. We're going to actually focus on that very topic here in a little bit, how to get into mm -hmm. international photography, because you've had the wonderful opportunity to, to dive into that realm. Um, you mentioned your website as well. And I'm just going to throw this out here for those listening in. If you haven't seen uh, Miriam, or you said some people call you Mir, uh, Mir's okay. website yet. Yeah, it, it is mirsalgado.com. So it's M-I-R-S-A-L-G-A-D-O.com. Make sure you check out Miriam's beautiful work uh, there on her website. But I, I'm curious what the toughest lesson is that you've learned as a business owner so far. What what comes to mind when you hear that? To say no. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, this is this seems to be a little bit of a theme, but explain what you mean from your perspective. Yeah, I'm going to explain to you. It, it was really hard because at the beginning, you say yes to everything and to everyone. Yeah. So it was like work, right? So you get in a new client and even you don't feel that it's like the perfect fit in your business, you suggest like, yeah, it's okay. Let's do this. And then you realize like, oh no, <laughs> they are like the toughest person or they want to change your style yeah. or they want to change your personality or they want to change something in you or your business. So I learned in a really, really hard way to say no. Now, if I feel that like you really are not in my budget or you really don't like my style or you really don't like my energy or my personality, I always say, you know what? I don't think I'm a really good fit for you. And this helps me a lot. <laughs> and when you say because, that you learn this the hard way, what can you give an example maybe of yes. what kind of situation you ran into? <laughs> yes, of course. So I have a girl that she used to be kind of one of my contacts. And the first thing that we worked together was headshots. And we talk about marketing and I help her to do the marketing because I mean, this is like my first career. She was like kind of a stock on social media. So I helped her and well, then she was going to plan a wedding. She was going to get married and she told me, oh, but you know what? My budget is not like really big. This is my budget. So I have packages like $500, probably more than that. And I adjusted for her. And I said, like, okay, you are my friend. We know each other for a year. I'm going to kind of suit you something for you. And then I gave her more. And then she asked me for more and then more and then more. And then I realized that I lose more. <laughs> and she was never happy. Yeah, She was never happy. She yeah. was always asking for more. Hmm. And at some point I was like, okay, you know what? This is not going to work. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I did a wedding. I did a lot of things for her. And she was fine at the end with the results and she liked the pictures. But I was like, no, this is not going to happen to me ever again. Because it was so hard, so much stress for something that it, it's supposed to be fun because it was my friend, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I talked to my husband and my husband said to, to me, like, you know what? 
you have to make some some changes in that point. So I changed my contract and I changed my attitude and I learned to say no at some point. Like, no, you know what? We are not a good fit. <laughs> mm. And where, where do you learn how to, or I guess at what point in your career do you start to say no? Because like you pointed out, initially you just take on as much work as you possibly can. But then it gets to a point where you do need to kind of focus in on your your ideal client, your target client, based on the business model that you're developing. What At what point do you say no? And how do you figure out what point that is? Well, you know, I think, you know, when you have these clients coming or referrals or you have a list of clients or email marketing, you are doing email marketing yeah. and someone is referral to you. I think there is a point when you also say, okay, so I have to book, I don't know, five weddings this month and I already did or book three. I have two spots open. What happened? If you have someone like you, you feel it's not like you're feeling like it's not a good fit in your business. Sure. I would prefer to say no and probably keep those space open that later regret. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because also you I mean, also I was in front of someone that has this bad, like, I'm going to talk about you if you don't do what I say. You know, at that kind of a point, I was like some point afraid because my business was there. And if she started to talking about me and my business bad, I was going to lose more. Yep. So you have to put it like in a balance and say, okay, I have to lose this client or to lose to five or 10 later. Because that is going to happen later. Mm, that's really you interesting know? way to put it. Yeah, and it's a great point. And and also the the other point that you made, which is that if if you are at a place where you're beginning to book the business that you want, uh, there is room to say no. And I that is a good uh, kind of transition point from just taking on whatever to beginning really to to kind of filter out those clients that exactly. don't fit the the business model that you're developing. So that's really really good. Yeah. Are you? Do you love gear? Are you a camera gear junkie? Like, what? Do you have a favorite <laughs> camera body or lens, or maybe an accessory, or even maybe a camera bag? Camera bags. It's really interesting to me how popular just camera bags have become in the last, say, five to eight years. All these different camera bag companies pop up, and everybody has their favorite bag, and uh, you know the hipster bags with with the leather and the buckles, <laughs> and and um, I don't know. It's just kind of funny to me. But do you have favorite I camera know. gear? I don't have a bag, you know. It's weird. <laughs> I don't have a bag. No, I, I use a Pelican. And I, let me tell you something. The Pelican is great. Oh, it is. But, but it's such a trouble when you travel uh, for another city, another country, because sure. everyone asks you to open that. It looks like a bomb. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not so good. But I have a favorite. But, but there's so, I mean, for those that aren't, and, and I would assume most of our listeners are familiar with what a Pelican case is, but for those of you that are not familiar, it, it's funny she mentions a bomb because those cases could probably <laughs> withstand a bomb. They're so powerful. I think the old yes. um, the old ads that you would see in magazines were these, like this big truck rolling over the top of a Pelican case. Um, they're they're <laughs> yeah. just that powerful. I've I've got one myself. I think they're really great. Yeah, they're amazing. I mean, they protect the gear. When you are traveling for other countries, that is my bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I came from. Yeah, that is great. But yeah, I don't like it too much. But I mean, it's it's great. It's, it's practical. It's great. Yeah, it's practical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have a like a favorite camera body or lens or something like that? Yes, you know, we we used to travel a lot around the country and around and other countries. And I love video. I love video too to shoot my kids doing things. And the Sony's are amazing now. So yeah. the sixty five hundred, the Alpha sixty five hundred, is like the camera that I use 
for everything. I can also shoot a wedding with this. It's really good. I mean, I don't do it because I have my other cameras, <laughs> more professionals. Sure. But I love this camera. It's faster. It's good in. Uh, it's good for video. Okay. It's really, really fast to shoot kids running or in movement. Um, also, it's small. You can put it in your back. You can put it in your purse. And it's really good in low light. So, yeah, my, my son is, I love Sony. I'm a Sony girl. I don't know if you, if you know that, but well, <laughs> I it, just shoot with Sonys. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned Mike Cologne earlier, the photographer that I was interviewing yesterday for the podcast. And, and he was talking about, I mean, like, like he's a, like he's a 14 year old kid talking about gear. I mean, he was so excited talking about his Sonys, <laughs> which I think is great. You know, that they're, they've developed this product that people are so passionate about. What is your, you mentioned your kind of primary cameras. What are your primary cameras that you're shooting with? So the Alpha 7R2 yeah. is that that one is like, I could shoot the whole wedding just with that one, but I have the Alpha 99. It's a kind of old, but it's a full frame and it's big. And I think looks, the people, you know, look around and when you see, like you have a small camera, they think like, are you going to shoot? Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, are you the professional photographer yeah. here? Yeah. So I, I always broke that one because it's bigger, the body is big. And I, just put my 7200 and the people think like, oh yeah, she's a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> but I have the other one, the smaller, the, uh, the Alpha 7 R2, that it's really, really good. Yeah. It's amazing. That's my prime camera and I love it. Oh yeah, that is all, everything Sony, I mean, Sony has been great. They have great, great uh, camera bodies, lenses. And also I have an adapter to use Canon lenses too. So okay. I, I'm not like worried about, you know, like the lenses, because many people ask me like, oh, but Canon has this lens. And I was like, yeah, and I can just put my adapter and get the lens. Too. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they've done such a great job of developing a system that, I mean, it, it's interesting to kind of consider what they've done to Canon and Nikon. You know, Canon and Nikon almost seem to be kind of lagging behind, if you will, uh, and, and <laughs> in comparison with, with their technology. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, in the next few years, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I we will we'll make sure certainly to link to these cameras in the show notes for those curious who who aren't familiar with uh, these systems. With you can, yeah, yes. you can check those it's out different. for sure. Now you mentioned photographing in different countries or traveling to different countries. You've had the opportunity to to shoot in at least six different countries, and so we're going to kind of yeah. talk about this today: how to get into international photography. Uh, but what countries have you had the opportunity to, to photograph in at this point? Well, uh, the six countries that I have been, it's Mexico, of course, Spain, England, Portugal, here in US, and Jamaica. And I love how you say Portugal, by the way. It just sounds better than, than me saying Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like Mexico is Mexico, but I don't know. Everyone likes Mexico. So right. Portugal. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. It's beautiful. What, what would you say... I, are the biggest challenges of photographing internationally? What, what comes to mind? Well, you know, when you have family, there's a lot of free things happening because you have to find the time and it's not always the best time when you have kids. But I think you have to make that time too, but you have to figure out how to, how to work better for you and your family because many of the wedding seasons are like autumn and spring. Yeah. So it's during kids, they are at the school. So you cannot just take them out for a week or two weeks and travel with them. <laughs> so it's hard sometimes you have to talk with your husband or you have to talk with your other just to figure it out if the time is correct. And I think also you have to know how to charge 
hmm. because if you don't know how to charge for a destination wedding, maybe you're going to lose money. That's so, interesting. Yeah, and, and where do you think photographers can lose money in that process? Because I know most photographers, including myself, really, I mean, I, my, my favorite wedding that I ever had the opportunity to photograph was an elopement uh, in St. Lucia. And wow. our, our clients paid us very, very well and took care of travel and the, the uh, living expenses. But it, it was an incredible experience. And of course, I'd love the opportunity to do that kind of thing more. Most photographers would just be so excited to be able to shoot a wedding like that, that, that they would just kind of, you know, they, they'd almost kind of compromise on what they're being compensated for. Where, exactly. where do you think mm-hmm. photographers can lose money in that process? What should they be aware of? Well, they should know that uh, probably if you are going to another country and uh, you have to charge for your work and maybe you have to ask, you know, you know better than me probably that you have to charge for the travel fees. And if you're going to stay there for a week or three days, I don't know how many days, sometimes it's just like two days you arrive, the next day is the wedding and then the third you go out. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but many people get like, as you say, really excited about it and it's a different country. So they want to stay more time and then that extra time they have to pay for it. <laughs> so you just have to be aware of that and make conscious that, okay, so you charge how much? for the wedding and then for the travel fee and then how much time are you going to stay there and all the things that you are going to spend or invest there because I mean also go to another country it's great I mean it's amazing because you learn things you know other cultures but also you have to be aware if you are allowed to spend that money or if you better just plan the three days that you have to be there and come back home Mm. And maybe go there someday. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, is that we have we have been discussing with my husband when we started shooting like destination weddings together. We always plan in behind. So my husband said, like, okay, if you are going to go there, I and mean, we are going to save more time. We have just to be aware how much money we're going to spend there. If we take the kids, if we don't take the kids, you know, things like that. So you don't lose money at the end. It's, yeah, it's true. Well, really, I guess very simply, attention to detail, right? Being aware of the fact that, that you really do have to, especially those that are just getting started in photography, that there are exactly. significant costs associated with traveling internationally. You do have to think about food. You do have to think about uh, room and board. And and then, of course, the actual uh, costs or fees that you're going to to charge the client for the time that you're there. Yes. And, and the reality, which is that you're probably going to spend more time photographing an international mm-hmm. wedding, which you know ends up being multiple days as opposed to maybe just one day, uh, yeah, exactly. you have to take all of these things into consideration. So a lot of attention to detail, uh, making sure those costs are covered. With that that wedding that I had the opportunity to photograph in St. Lucia, I mean these these clients were already paying us. They had purchased actually a ten thousand uh, dollar wedding package for mm-hmm. the Chattanooga area, which is very high for the Chattanooga area. And um, I get this call one day, I think it was the bride and, and she sounded, so she, she had already booked us. They'd already booked us for Chattanooga. And, and she said, um, and she sounded very apprehensive. Um, you know, I, so I have a question for you. Would, would you be willing maybe to, to go to, to St. Lucia to photograph our <laughs> wedding? <laughs> you were like, what? Okay. I'm like, uh, let me, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know. But, Good but they, they, they not only compensated us very, very well, but they also, of course, paid for the, the, the cost of travel there. We stayed at this beautiful, beautiful resort there in St. Lucia and spent three days or so photographing this couple. I mean, it was just, and it was literally just the two of them and myself, my business partner, 
And um, it, it was just, I mean, you couldn't have asked for more. The gorgeous, gorgeous oh location. This couple is really into each other. And so it was, it was a lot of fun to photograph them as well. But, but they took really, really good care of us. You just have to make sure that, that you pay attention to those details and all the costs involved. And also make sure that your time is, is well compensated for. I think that's really, really important. What would you say, I mean, that, that's the biggest challenge is you have to consider the cost. But what, what about the rewards of shooting in different countries? What, what do you enjoy most about that? Oh, well. I, I enjoy everything, the food, the culture, you meet people, you yeah. meet friends. And that's a good thing. I mean, if you look at that way, it's a really good thing because I'm a really people person. So I talk with everyone and I make friends everywhere. So now I, I have friends yeah. everywhere and they refer them to me to someone else. And they talk to me about, you know, my work and me. And I started to get in more and more like uh, emails about like, oh, can you do this wedding here? And can you come here to do that? And that is exciting. You know, that is the good things that you learn about anyone, um, about other countries, other cultures, the food. I love food. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's something like I love it. I love to try the food everywhere. So uh, that is, I mean, it's amazing. You you come with really nice things that you learn. And I think the opportunity to grow your business, if you go to other countries, you have to make friends. That's the clue. So you don't have to spend a lot of money, you know, like in advertising or yeah. things like that. Well, it, it's, you know, I'm glad that you, you bring up this, this reality, which is that there are such wonderful people, opportunities to meet people as you travel. I, as much as our media, especially in the U.S., continues to, to emphasize um, and, and spend a lot of time talking about this, this idea of racism, which certainly exists, mm-hmm. I think it's a really beautiful thing how human beings around the world, even just in the moment, you've never met this person before and you probably never will see them again, but they, they're still willing to show kindness and respect mm-hmm. and honor to you. And, and I've had the wonderful opportunity to be able to travel internationally a good bit myself. And I just love the opportunity to be able to connect with somebody, even if you can't necessarily speak their language very well, yes. <laughs> there is still that kind of intuition that, hey, this is another human being who's also trying to figure out life. And, and sure. here is an opportunity to, to develop a friendship, even in the moment, to connect with them in some way. I think it's such a beautiful and wonderful thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, those, all those wonderful stories of connection between human beings, they aren't emphasized enough. I, I think it's a really, really incredible thing. Did you always aspire to be in an international photographer? I mean, I know that it, it seems as though you have the opportunity to travel probably because of your husband's work, but was this something that you had in mind when you started your photography business? No, actually, no, it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened. I was really lucky because when the people started asking me to go someplace to shoot their weddings, I was like, oh my gosh this is getting big. This is getting really interesting. Sure. And no, I never, never had in mind to be an international photographer, actually. Well, and so talk to us a little bit about how this even happened, because I know for the sake of our listeners, and, and we're going to, I know that you're going to give some, some recommendations to our listeners as to how they can delve into international photography as well, or destination photography. But how mm-hmm. did this come about for you? Talk to us maybe about that first connection that led to that first international wedding. So when you were when we were living in Europe, it's like kind of easy because you know everyone there like knows friends from other countries or the couples are for different countries. So it's like common that in one family they have more than two nationalities. So we started doing friends, and then the friends refer me to someone else that live in I don't know in Spain, and then our friends in Spain get married in England, and then they I have friends in London that got married in Jamaica. 
So it was like referrals, you know, the first time it was just like my mouth talking about like me, my work that I was starting my business. <laughs> my mouth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love like, it. <laughs> like, oh, my friend shoot weddings, call her, contact her. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then it happened when, when I saw it, I was like shooting Portugal in Mexico of course I have friends in Mexico so they always contact me like oh I'm getting married can you come and shoot my wedding sometimes I have to say no because I'm not just going to Mexico to shoot a wedding for the budget that I didn't have and uh, probably if it's in another city that I don't have a house I have to pay or I have to ask them to pay and you know sometimes it's like the budget problem but some other times if it worked because I am holidays and I'm going to Mexico and they are going to get married in the, this, in the same month. Yeah. So we figured out and we were like, okay, yes, I'm going to be there. I can shoot your wedding. <laughs> and yeah, it happened like that. You know, you never know. I mean, it's not something that I really planned, but then I started putting myself in websites in other countries, okay. showing that work. Well, and, and so this this reminds me of a conversation actually that I had with Kenny Kim here on the podcast. I don't know if you know who Kenny is. He's a wonderful photographer based out of Chicago who largely specializes in destination weddings. And we talked about how to get into, again, that particular genre of wedding photography. But one of the things that he emphasized in the conversation was the significance of connections, like literally anywhere that he goes, it seems as though he is trying to make a connection and you never know where that connection or that friendship might lead down the road. Somebody might think of you and say, Oh, I met that really cool person. I met Miriam and and she was so wonderful to talk to. And Oh, she's a photographer. Maybe we should reach out to her about (laughs) uh, photographing our wedding. But I I know that probably a large number of of listeners are thinking, well, I don't have all of these connections in different countries like Miriam does. But I think what, what those photographers should be focusing on is making connections everywhere they go Mm So, because you never know where those connections might lead, there may be an international connection innate to to those relationships. Exactly. Yeah, I think the same too. Connections are for the first thing you have to start. Yes, you have to look for connections everywhere, everywhere online, in expos, in events. If you go for a, I don't know, for a travel. Even if you go to other country just for holidays, go and talk with the manager of the hotel and tell them, oh, I'm a photographer, you know, <laughs> this is my website yeah. and here are my cards. And I do the situation weddings, even if you don't do that. I mean, you can start that way. But, you know, and, and I, I think the other thing that photographers may argue is they say, well, I'm not like Miriam. I, I'm not I, I don't have an outgoing personality. <laughs> I'm not comfortable talking to people. What would you say in response to that? Well, they have, in each country, they have websites, you know, like here, the Wedding Wire, and then not. If you go and search in countries, first you have to figure out which countries do do you want to go, and probably you will be able to travel. And maybe for the language also, you can just search starting for countries that they speak English. So you have like that extra, (laughs) and you don't work, um, you know, you don't have problems with the language too because if sure. you don't speak Spanish for example you want to shoot in, in I don't know in Spain it's going to be hard but if you start in England if you want to shoot something in England it's Scotland I don't know Canada you can go there and search for websites wedding websites they had a lot I am in three or five probably Portugal they have websites for weddings and you just go there and do your profile, you know, it's like free, free profile. You just put there your information, 
just upload images like a gallery and then talk about you and what you do. And I mean, the people go there and search for weddings, for wedding photographers. Yeah. And then they start contacting you. That is a way that I, I normally do just with my two countries that I know that I have family and it's going to be easier for me to, to travel, Mexico and Portugal and Spain. Okay. So I have my, like kind of my profiles yes. in different countries, websites of weddings. And, and that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something that you know, for those photographers that are kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm an introvert. I, I don't find it very easy talking to people that I don't know. <laughs> How do I get out there? That, that's a great kind of first step. But I, I'll actually get back to that, that notion of, of having conversation with with people. I mean, you're such a good conversationalist. Uh, I've enjoyed this conversation so much already. Uh, you have a certain energy about you that I think is very contagious and it makes it easy to talk to you. How, how would you say, I mean, what would you recommend to somebody who maybe just doesn't feel as naturally talented when it comes to conversation? What's, what's a simple way that they can get started in having better conversations with people that they don't know? Because connections are so important, you know, and, and yes. we, can, we can make that excuse that we're introverted all day long. But at the end of the day, if, if we're going to run a business, we have to be willing to make connections. So what, what would you recommend to those who are a little bit uncomfortable with that? Well, you know what? I always try to be myself. I mean, I know that it's hard. So I, I found people that they start talking like they were afraid of saying something wrong. It's not wrong and right. It's the way it is. And it's your thoughts and your feelings. And of, course you're gonna, and of course, you're going to find people that it's like, no, the, the feed, as I said for you, they don't feel comfortable with you. That is even better because then you have to work with them. Yeah. But if you find someone that it, they like the way you talk. They like the way you move. They like the way, you know, you express yourself. That is your perfect client. That is the one that is going to talk perfect about you, about your work. And that is a person that is going to book you. That's because good. probably also there will be people there listen to me and probably thinking she talks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she talks too much for me. So those are my clients. And of course, I met a lot of people. And I know that there are people that just meet me and say like, okay, she is really, really high in the energy. That is like not my feet. I don't need someone like her in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so the same way happened with other people. Yeah. My husband, it's totally the opposite. Like me, he's really quiet. And... <laughs> <laughs> he's more calmed down and also he has a really good friends and when we started the business sometimes he, he is my second shooter and I sent her you know I sent him like you have to talk with the groom and you have to tell him this and that so he was like okay <laughs> and then he was like just talking the way he talks he never tried to be me hmm. so that helped him to have like you know the okay so Sergio and Miriam and then the room feels better sometimes with him because I am like you know yes the whole day running and talking too much and blah 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 and probably there are some rooms more like him right so the same thing is going to happen with other photographers that they are like no so like me but they talk in a different way or they have something to say and they love their work that is the most important part they oh. love what they do yeah so you have to just share that. That's so good. Just, you know, at the end of the day, be yourself. And it, and it sounds so cliche, but it's so yes. true. It's so powerful. And and I think that's beautiful, beautiful advice for everyone listening in. Just be yourself. Let's let's make it, I mean, you've already made it so practical this, in this conversation about photographing internationally and, and sharing your experience, but let's make it even more practical. I know that you have a few ideas that you can share with our listeners about how they can actually 
take some steps to get started in this realm of international or destination photography. Can you kind of walk us through those? Yes, sure. So first of all, you have to be sure that you want to do this, (laughs) that you want to travel and you want to do all the ways in between to be an international photographer and, you know, to talk with people that probably it's going to be in a different time zone and to send emails and, I mean, all in between. Then I will say that you have to search for those websites in the countries that you want to start. So probably just start with two or three and then search the websites where you can upload all your images. You can do a profile and say, okay, I'm a destination wedding photographer based I don't know, in Florida, in Chicago, in California, where I want to travel and I am allowed to travel. So just contact me and here's my portfolio. Also now, the social media is amazing. I mean, you can contact so many good vendors and venues and wedding coordinators all around the world. So just DM those uh, those contacts with your information, with your website, with your email, and just tell them, like, you know, I'm starting my international photography uh, with weddings, and here's my website, and I would love to talk with you or to give you, I don't know, a special prize for your clients, or I want to to contact you by phone and talk about my business. In social media, you can tag uh, different cities. You know, the cities have this in Instagram, like visit Barcelona, yeah. visit Mexico. So you can tag those those pages too. And the people that is going there for holidays so or looking for a destination wedding, probably they're going to see your post. <laughs> That's really good. That's really, really good. Okay. Well, I want, I want to take a step back because you just mentioned three ideas that are, that are pretty significant. Let's, let's start with the being sure you want to do this. Why, why does it matter that a photographer is sure? Are you talking about the amount of time and energy, the resources you have to invest in, in becoming an international photographer, they need to be yes. sure that they want to, that, that they're willing to do that. Yes, exactly. I mean, you, as I said, if you want to start a business, you have, you know, to pull all your energy. And the same thing happened here. If you are deciding to do destination weddings, you have to be sure that you want to do this because it's not going to be easy. And it's not like, okay, I'm going to start today and put in my profile, and today I'm going to get. Uh, you know, inquiries right. or people asking me. Right. <laughs> so it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of emails. And many people is going to probably tell you, oh, no, you are out of my budget because I have to travel you. I have to pay you for the travel fee or, you know, things like that. So if you want to do this, you have to be really, really sure that you want to do it and just keep going, keep going and keep trying until you get one. I think after the, after, uh, the first one, it's going to be easier. Because mm-hmm. like it's like break the glass, you know, break the ice there. Yep, and, and you develop a little bit of momentum. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you mentioned the websites, and this is I'm glad that you brought this up because I was kind of curious when you were talking about it earlier. How do these photographers go about finding these websites? Is it as simple as just doing a Google search, or how how do you yes. go about finding them? Yes, if you go to the Google and you search like Portugal weddings website or something like that, you can find. As I told you, it's easier if you speak the language. So, for example, I will start in the countries that they speak English. So, England, in England, they have also a website of bloggers. You can go and search for a blogger or for a blog that um, you can submit a wedding. They have, like, different kind of styles, and they allow sometimes to other photographers to submit in their websites and yeah. they are in England yeah. so you can get it there more like views and the people start looking at your work 
and you can start saying like, oh, I have been published in this blog in England. So, you know, things like that. You have to search. Yes, Google is amazing. <laughs> Google is going to give you all those websites. It really is. You know, I, this is something I may have mentioned on the podcast before, but I mean, so much of what I've learned in business uh, back in the day, I mean, I, I did, there were certain books that I would, that I would look through for inspiration because that was a thing. But, you know, it, <laughs> taking advantage of Google as a resource is, I think, something that a lot of photographers, maybe business business owners in general still don't do enough. Maybe it's more commonplace now, but I just remember years ago when I was developing my business and, and photographers would ask various questions about how to do this thing or do that thing. And <laughs> of course, ultimately, I, I want to be helpful to photographers, but it's also surprising to me how easily accessible that information is or was that they were asking me for. They could have just simply gone to Google and done a quick search. And <laughs> yes. we have to learn to be resourceful as entrepreneurs as business owners and Google is just I mean it's right there and I don't think we maybe take advantage of it quite enough so uh, that's a good recommendation and then social media you were talking about the fact that we can tag those various either locations or maybe even venues mm -hmm. to yes. um, on social media and, and I'm assuming you're referring specifically to Instagram is that where you found the more, more oh, success yes. yes 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 Instagram yes Instagram is great I mean and now I think well I mean, you have to search and look where is your ideal client. So mine is always on, on Instagram. It's like the 80% time in Instagram. Okay. So yeah, social media. The, you can find also the the hotels, the venues, coordinators there for those countries yeah. and contact them by direct message. Just send them a DM like, hi, my name is this and I do that and this is my website and I started my destination weddings this year yeah. and I just want to you know, to, to let you know that I want to work with you. I would love to shoot there one wedding. I don't know. I, I mean, even if you have more languages, it helps a lot if you talk more languages. Sure. Because sometimes it is like if you go to other place and they have also destination weddings, if you speak other languages, you, you are like, oh, okay, so you can talk Spanish and English. Great, because here we have people that come from Spain, for example. Right. And sometimes the photographer, it's hard when you are in front of the camera and you don't understand a word of what the photographer <laughs> takes. <laughs> so that helps you a lot too. Sure, but I sure. mean, you start with the country that speaks just English and yes, contact everywhere, everyone, the brides boutiques, the vendors, the hotels, caterings, everything that you can find. Send DMs. That's crazy. <laughs> well, you know, but I'm glad that you bring that up because I don't really hear that very topic addressed in our industry very much yet. You know, as, as much as people may use DMing for the sake of their personal relationships, I'm, I wonder how much photographers are actually taking advantage of that little feature built into Instagram to actually reach out to those that they may want to, to work with or collaborate with. I, know. <laughs> I think it's really important because it really is just right there for the taking. And, and of course, for those who are uncomfortable with the idea that, that Mira was, was talking about earlier, which is you know connecting with people in person that you're not familiar with or you don't know yet. The, the cool thing about DMing via Instagram is you can just send a basically send a text message exactly. for those of you who are a little bit more apprehensive about talking with somebody you don't know. You can just send them a quick message via DM and reach out to them. And I, I think we should also emphasize it's always important to figure out ways that you can add value to those um, potential partnerships or collaborations. Figure out a way that you can add value to them um, in that in that process of reaching out to them too, I think that's really important. But yeah, take mm -hmm. advantage of that platform and and direct message those who you may be interested in working with. And and again, you never know what might come of a really simple conversation. And I think that's 
That's great advice for our listeners. I know that this is a really, really big topic. I mean, the idea of getting into destination or international wedding photography, we just kind of scratched the surface today. But I really love your passion and your energy, Miriam. And and I appreciate you sharing your perspective and some of these ideas that will help, especially those who are maybe kind of new to photography or maybe just wanting to get into destination or international uh, wedding photography. I think this is some, some good first steps that yes. our listeners can take advantage of. Uh, but I'd love for you to share where they can follow your work online and maybe potentially reach out to you, send you a DM as well if they have other <laughs> questions. Can you, can you tell us, uh, remind us again of your website and Instagram as well? Yes, absolutely. My website is www.mirsalgado, M-I-R-S-A-L-G-A-D-O.com. And the same way you're going to find me on Instagram, Mir Salgado Photography, Facebook, Mir Salgado Photography, Twitter, Mir Salgado Photography, Snapchat, Mir Salgado Photography, <laughs> and YouTube as Mir Salgado Photography. You will find me everywhere. <laughs> and, and, you know, I have to ask you, since, since you brought this up here, before we finish our conversation, you, you mentioned all of those different platforms. Uh, Snapchat in particular stands out to me. Is this, is this a platform that you use regularly? Yes, you know what? I find out that Snapchat is growing so much and the people that is there is not on Instagram and the the, the, the kids, I mean, because I mean, they have like 20, 23, right. those are going to be my brides in a few years. So if I made this connection beforehand, it's like a winner for me because they are going to know me. They're going to know my work before. So when they need someone or because they're going to need a wedding photographer or a family picture or a baby maternity session, they will be searching for me and they will be thinking about me like, oh, I saw this woman in Snapchat. She does this and share the sessions and she's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, this is really interesting because I I mean, and it's a good reminder for me too the, the significance of kind of being everywhere. It's, it seems overwhelming maybe initially to think about being on all those different platforms that you just mentioned. Um, we may have to have you back on for another episode to talk about how you go about doing this because this is, this is fascinating to me. But I love the fact that you point out that the people that you're talking to on Snapchat, they may not be a client right this second, but they will be in a couple of years. Yes. And the fact that you're thinking ahead that way is is really beautiful. I know that I talk about Gary Vaynerchuk on the podcast so much. I'm just a huge fan and I've I've learned so much and have been inspired by him. But this is actually yeah. something that he talks about as well that the yes. importance I follow him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it, the the importance of being everywhere. Uh, and not minimizing the significance of that. And, and he, he has very specifically spoken to this fact that, that being invested in a, in a particular platform right now, which may cater to a younger audience, mm-hmm. is a good thing because, as you pointed out, Miriam, those people could likely be a client or an important connection later on. And we have to be thinking ahead as business owners. So, wow, what a powerful reminder to kind of end our conversation with and maybe <laughs> maybe tease our next interview together uh, at some point. I'd love to have you back on. But thank you so much for making yes. time for the podcast today, for sharing with our listeners. It's It's been truly been a privilege. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nathan. It was really fun. And I hope all these ideas and things that I share with your audience can help them to get as a wedding photographer or destination wedding photographer and all the success. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. 
my direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Thank you.